0: Hello and welcome to the Changemakers LA podcast. My name is Tanua Thrash Intuk, and I'm the Executive Director for the Local Initiative Support Corporation in the Los Angeles office. In today's episode, we'll be talking with about uh, what MOVE LA is doing around transit districts and we've got a couple of special guests with us uh, to help talk about this topic. So first, I've got here Denny Zane. Denny is the executive director for Move LA. For over a decade, Denny has led Move LA in civic engagement to build a robust and expansive public transportation here in Los Angeles. That's right, Denny. We credit you for building our uh, infrastructure here. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Next, I also have with us Senator Ben Allen. He's the senator for the 26th Senate District that encompasses the West Side, Hollywood, and the coastal South Bay communities of LA County. Welcome, Senator Allen.
1: It's such a pleasure to be here.
0: Glad to have you. We hear that you're remote in the Capitol uh, uh, on the Capitol radio station. I
1: am. I am here. There's a. We have a. We have a wonderful radio studio here for the legislators to call into things like this.
0: That's pretty cool. Welcome.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: We also have joining us uh, Larry Cosmon. Larry is the chairman and CEO of Cosmont Companies. Under Larry's leadership, Cosmont Companies has advised many local government agencies in creating, financing, and managing large-scale economic development programs. I'm really excited to have you here, Larry. Thanks. Good to be here. Yes. Larry's often called upon to go on NPR and sort of major uh, radio stations. So we're happy to have you here on our podcast. So here in Los Angeles, we've got an assortment of public transportation options. We've got subways now, we've got light rail, buses and shuttle, um, really in every corner of of our LA, greater LA area. There are over 13,000 metro bus stops in Los Angeles, covering nearly almost 1,500 miles of service. There are also 93 metro rail stations crisscrossing a good 98 miles. However, Los Angeles is still one of the most congested cities uh, in the nation. And ridership has continued to decline um, at metro. And of course, this has led to a lot of concern about the fact that we're investing in public infrastructure, public transportation, Yet we've got all of this traffic um, and yet uh, we are not seeing the ridership and in some lower income communities, we've even reduced transit services altogether. So today I wanted to talk a bit about, you know, what are some of the the problems facing uh, metro transportation and then transportation in L.A. in general? And in terms of efficiency and cost, um, what could be causing these issues that we're having in public transportation today? Denny, why don't you kick us off?
2: Sure. Uh, One of the things I think is important to appreciate uh, with respect to the bus and rail ridership in Los Angeles County is that uh, there's more going on than just investing in or operating a system. There is a whole housing market world out there that's having a dramatic effect upon our ridership Um, The bus system in particular is very heavily uh, a rider a ridership base of low-income households. Imagine if more than 25% of our low-income households left town. What would that do to our bus ridership? Well of course it would decline significantly. That's exactly what has happened. Uh, In Los Angeles County the housing crisis has forced rents up and forced low-income households out of their homes in Los Angeles County. We've had about a 250,000 household decline in low-income people. Now, how did that happen? Well, it happened primarily because on the other end, we had a sudden insurge, a dramatic insurge of high-income households. When 300,000 high-income households come to Los Angeles County in a decade, That drives rents up all over the county and low-income people were forced out. That's what's happened to our ridership. Now, those high-income households were primarily employees of the tech industry. You may remember back in around 2005 or so, um, Silicon Valley came to LA to marry Hollywood and create Silicon Beach. (laughs) And they brought with them a whole swarm of high-income workforce. That's what's been driving our housing prices way up and, frankly, our ridership down as low-income people leave town.
0: So traditionally, the, our current public in, uh, transportation infrastructure, low-income households have really made up the bulk of those riders. And given that those households have had to move out in order to find additional housing options, they just aren't in the core area and really riding our transportation. And the folks who are at the higher income levels and more and more of those folks as they come into are you know, our, our city, our region, are just less likely to necessarily use that transit.
2: They buy cars, they drive cars, they like their cars. And it's really the explanation why car ridership is up in Los Angeles County as well. You know, the theory that low-income people went out and bought cars um, and now they're driving, I think is just a false hypothesis. What really happened is low-income people were in effect replaced by higher-income people. Yeah, who drove?
0: And Denny, you and I have talked about this back and forth. Sometimes, you know, you and I agree on lots of things, and, and sometimes we don't. And when it comes to this area, I do think that there are a number of low-income people who are buying cars and are trying to figure out how to uh, get across the the landscape here. But let's move over to Senator Allen. So, Senator Allen, you're the author of Senate Bill seven hundred and forty-two. Um, this allows passengers to have more ready access to public bus lines. Uh, tell us a little bit more about this bill and what do you think its implications are for California?
1: So folks may know we've got a, a, a pretty robust system of trains throughout the state, and then there are a whole bunch of buses that connect to those trains. Uh, Amtrak has a system, but some of our other uh, train systems have them as well, so it's to be able to try to cover more ground in the state of California. And uh, Now, one of the problems here is that uh, we've had rules on the books uh, that have made it so that the uh, the, the you know, Amtrak or other train operators can't sell a ticket to someone who wants to ride a bus, uh, one of these throughway buses, if it if that ticket if that journey does not uh, include a a train portion, if they're not if they're not utilizing the train as part of their journey, uh, it, it's a it's a crazy thing that has to do with uh, you know inner battles between the, the various transportation agencies. Uh, what we're looking to do is remove prohibitions in California law, which currently ban these rail throughway buses from selling these tickets, so that we can actually get more people on those buses. It's, you know, you'll have situations where the buses will be nearly empty, uh, running up the North Coast or running in various parts of the state, uh, because because of this antiquated rule. Okay. And so we're, we're we're getting this addressed, and it's going to be a, another way to help make our, our our rail infrastructure better integrated, so that more. People who, who don't have a car or don't have access to a car or don't want to drive uh, can, can really get all over the state uh, through, through our rail infrastructure mixed in with buses.
0: Great. So that would be if you're one, an agency that maybe only has a rail or, uh, and, and not necessarily any bus lines, this would allow for people to have almost a universal access to the various infrastructure and systems that might be available to them given where they're trying to go
1: exactly we we you know we we, we we should not be doing anything to put barriers in the way of getting people to ride uh, the existing infrastructure that we have uh, th- those buses are running regardless and we have got to make sure we we, we got to fill them up
0: absolutely so Larry as we look at and think about you know why why should we Be concerned about public transportation as it relates to the local economy or the commercial health um, of a place, especially like a large city like Los Angeles. Why should we be talking about transportation?
3: Well, because transportation shifts what we call in real estate the 100% corner. So, what is the 100% corner? It would be called Maine and Maine in the old days. Maybe it's Wilshire and Forth in the old days in Santa Monica. Maybe it's Wilshire and Westwood in Westwood. But that 100% corner, just got expanded by 200 transit stops around the the county. When you shift and converge public transit to locations called stations, you've shifted the investment equation for real estate. You've moved the 100% corner to a transit-based corner. Now, here's here's the objective. It's to capture that, not lose the opportunity for housing for all income spectrums. What surprises us when we up the zoning on a corner, put in transit, and then a developer comes in and builds a high density house or unit that's really only affordable by a small segment of the population? That should not be a surprise for us. To me, the bigger surprise is why aren't we figuring out how to capture the value of those transportation investments and the shift and expansion of 100% corners throughout the county to induce affordable housing around those transit and make them work and live places expansive to all demographics, not just a selective set of demographics. Now,
0: Larry, let's talk about this concept. That one's a new one for me. What is a 100% corner? Let's talk a little bit about that.
3: Well, you know, it's an interesting notion. 100% corner, the easiest way is in the days of retail, before the advent of the Internet. It's really all about how many trips can you get to a location so if you have a 100% corner with a lot of traffic trips like Wilshire and Westwood, that automatically becomes a high-value rent spot. What I'm saying is, mm-hmm. is that the new 100% corner is a transit stop where you're driving people trips, not necessarily automobile trips, but people trips. And that, those trips are the kinds of essential ingredients in an economy that's digital-based to get population to a spot. And the way to do that, the way to have success is to take the very investment that made a 100% old corner, the 100% new corner, make that also the corner where people can live and work. And that's what we're losing in LA. We can't only induce high cost housing at these new 100% corners. We've gotta diversify the real estate product type.
0: Absolutely. So Denny, you've kind of talked a bit about the changing landscape and Larry uh, and the changing landscape in terms of the socioeconomic status of people who may be lower income needing to move out. And and Larry has also just given us a a real good quick analysis of the importance of trying to make sure that we capture value in such a way that we encourage affordable housing development around transit. And you've made the case as to why in terms of who the riders are. Um, Anything else you want to add related to that? Because otherwise, I want to talk a little bit more about Measure R and Measure M as well.
2: Yeah, I think uh, um, it is very important that the state of California and Los Angeles County uh, in particular recreate its affordable housing program. We used to have about a billion dollars a year in the state of California from redevelopment agencies going toward affordable housing. Now we have far, far less than that, and there's a challenge um, to both state government and local government to really recreate um, a resource base. And there are several bills in Sacramento. There's, well, Ben sponsored bill SB 961, which was a a version of redevelopment around transit that I think has got very, very strong elements to it. We gotta figure out how the county uh, finds it to be attractive to work with. Um, um, Senator Bell has, uh, and McGuire, have uh, SB5, which has made it through the Senate and is in the Assembly that offers up, I think, a very creative approach to state um, funding for affordable housing. And then we have AB11 from Assemblymember Chu in the Bay Area and others down here, Assemblymember Bloom and uh, Santiago and others uh, who are helping to uh, sponsor that bill, which would also try to help recreate redevelopment. And redevelopment-type tools not only invest in affordable housing, they invest in infrastructure Around these areas too. Now that means not only do we create an opportunity for low and moderate-income people to live there, but we also create an opportunity for a real economy to be created around these transit stops. And those kinds of infrastructure investments and social policy investments are really crucial to making all the things we need work together.
0: Yeah. So uh, Senator Allen, as we um, listen to uh, sort of where we are uh, as a region, as a state, um, it's exciting that you've got some policies to figure out how to integrate uh, the various bus and rail uh, infrastructures that we have already on the road in such a way to encourage people to use them a little more seamlessly. What else do you think the legislature can be doing and what actions you think you might be able to take to try and increase uh, access to transit? especially in california's underserved and disadvantaged communities
1: there's so much that we need to do and and i i really appreciate uh first of all denny's work with with our office on on the crafting of SB 961 that he just talked about this is a this is a bill that will help to incentivize developers and communities to build housing around transit uh with a requirement that any of the money raised by the law has to be spent on affordable housing uh that, that will really connect folks with high frequency transit stops so that so that so, so there there's a there's a housing transportation nexus here. It was alluded to a little bit earlier that we have so many people who uh, can't afford to live near where they work. They're living and working. so they're living further and further away from their place of work. And so um, A, we have to get more affordable uh, housing in near the job centers, but we also need to have a better transit system to get people to the job centers. So that's one of the other reasons why I played a big role, uh, you know with a couple other members of the legislature, but uh, but but it really was just a small group of us. That really said during the whole debate over the gas tax, which, of course, was a very controversial discussion, we said, look, if we're going to go ahead with this, we have to make sure that transit is part of the mix. We know that transit uh, disproportionately benefits low-income people, uh, but it also uh, really helps to build more sustainable cities in general. And, uh, you know, it was very important for us to put some money up to help to rebuild our road infrastructure and bridges and all of those kinds of things. But it was very important to us that, that transit be at the table uh, as part of the, the gas tax revenue so that some of that money would go toward toward uh, you know, dramatically expanding and helping to fund the construction and development of public transit up and down the state. And, you know, in the end of the day, SB1 uh, is going gonna, is gonna to ultimately result in about $10 billion over the next decade. To help fund public transit, I'm, I was proud to have played a, a, an important role in making that happen. We're also looking at trying to expand transit to to young people, uh, young poor people, like college students. Uh, you know, like in our community colleges, who are mm-hmm. out there trying to uh, uh, you know trying to get to and from school in a way that that's not going to break the bank, but also uh, not not break our our, our roads and, and contribute to our congestion. And Danny and Move, Move LA and, and I have been working closely on trying to help, uh, try to expand access to bus passes, and, and this is something that I think Danny gets a lot of credit for. He's been championing this issue up and down the state. We're trying to, uh, you know, push a student transit pass program up here in Sacramento uh, to help get more students on onto the buses. And I think the hope is that on the long term, if they see how pleasant it can be. To, to, to ride the bus to work, you know to school, they might be willing to take public transportation to work once they get a job and get out into our economy. Uh, and so you know, in the end of the day, I think it's all about both expanding uh, good, high quality, safe, clean transit options for people. That will help low income people, uh, but it will also help to make it better for everyone. Uh, right now, I think our buses are, are, are seen as, as something that's just not you know, something you you only use out of necessity. Uh, if we help to improve the system, if we make it clean, if we make it safe, if we make it uh, responsive, if we make it rapid and, and, and frequent, more people will will want to, to, to get on the bus, but it also will make the experience of all those low income people who are on the bus now much more pleasant and help make it a, 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 make it a much better much better, much more viable option for them.
0: Thanks, Senator. I really appreciate your leadership uh, on this matter. And I have, you know, young children and I think about how to get them connected in such a way so that they have a positive experience with public transportation. So it's exciting to hear. And I know Move LA has been working really hard locally to really connect students uh, to transit access. Uh, That's so,
1: so great. We're, and we're just building out our train system too, which I think is going to be such a game changer for the entire LA area.
0: Absolutely. So, Larry, we, we know we need to do this, right? We know that we need to build housing near transit. We know we need to create uh, a layer of multi income levels at those transit stops. Um, and, you know, like you said, we need to activate these 100%. Uh, corners in in a new way. What tools are out there, and are those tools actually working?
3: Well, I think there are tools. They probably need some strengthening. Since the advent of, since the dissolution of redevelopment, we've had a number of what I call sustainability and housing districts that the legislature has passed, Senator Allen alluded to one of them. There's uh, the Neighborhood Improvement Program, (NIFTY). There's the Enhanced Infrastructure Financing District. There's the Community Revitalization Program. A lot of these sustainability districts are all targeted toward two things, infrastructure and housing. What has been missing is the motivation between various local governments to cooperate in committing their property tax increases to reinvestment in the district. So these laws have been set up so that the the, uh, promoter, which is usually a local city, has to put in their property tax. Most cities don't have enough without a county contribution, and as Denny indicated, perhaps a state contribution. So I think with leadership like Senator Allen, we could get an equation where these special districts can better capture the value from these private investments by essentially compelling all public agencies to throw in some tax increment so long as those tax increment dollars are spent on affordable housing or infrastructure that supports affordable housing. That's a key element because if you leave the value capture only in the hands of the private sector, you will get the highest denomination of value unit built, meaning high rent units. So if you try and normalize that equation by inducing the value that gets created from these wonderful investments in transit, from the typical collateral investments and increased zoning around the, the transit, if you induce that and funnel that tax increment in a cooperative way using a county share, a city share, and even a state share toward all economic strata particularly affordable housing, then you've got a district that can go to work. So we have the tools. We just don't have the schematic yet. Done, and that's what we need. Senator Allen, the leaders in the legislature, with our help locally, to sort of reconfigure how these tools can be used.
0: Well, that that's very exciting and very hopeful for the future. Um, and I I think you're right. I think people are seeing that you know cities are already stretched so thin and have so many other things that they have to do, and public safety and other infrastructure. To then also ask them to give up sales tax for this and this, you know, without any additional help, I think can uh, be Be a stretch for many cities, so I think you're right. The county and the state have a role. So I'm going to let Denny close us out for now. Um, You know, Denny, you have been a pioneer on smart growth uh, since your time on the Santa Monica City Council. Uh, What do you think are some relevant future strategies or proposals um, that could be used to address you know some of our transportation uh, infrastructure limitations?
2: Well, the first thing I think I'd like to highlight is that LA Metro, I think, is really uh, taken some important leadership role here in creating um, strategies for transit oriented communities around their uh, st- station areas. Um, they've developed a really uh, strong partnership strategy with local communities and offered uh, funding f- uh, grants for, uh, for planning in these transit station areas that I think we're really going to pay off in the long run. It's really very visionary I think we're very lucky to have had, say, Phil Washington, and frankly, the the current Metro board is really a a set of really very, very successful and, um, I think, uh, smart and creative leaders that care a lot about their communities. So I think we're well served there. But more broadly, um, the big opportunity that I see is on our boulevards, um, where we have an enormous opportunity uh, for underutilized land to begin to be employed In community building and developing uh, mixed-use development um, that can provide multifamily housing mixed income multifamily housing along these boulevards uh, coordinated with the development of a bus rapid transit program it's some a bus rapid transit are buses that are on dedicated lanes they move faster than rail but they're not quite as intense Um, but they do carry the opportunity to generate the way Larry described it Um, these kinds of community development zones near the the bus rapid transit stops. I I just returned from a trip uh, to Barcelona looking at an amazing transformation that they have made with bus rapid transit in their community. Um, And it really does create an opportunity, not just for good transportation at a lower cost, but also for excellent community development.
0: This has been a fantastic conversation with some of my favorite people in uh, both the economy, state legislator, locally, and on issues of smart growth. Uh, So Senator Ben Allen, Denny, as well as Larry, thank you so much for joining us today. So thank you all for joining us this week on Los Angeles Change Changemakers podcast. We appreciate the insight that our invited guests brought to our conversation. and want to thank you out there for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe and share this episode with your colleagues. Thank you for listening to LISC LA's Changemakers LA podcast. This episode was made possible by a generous grant from Pacific Western Bank to support affordable housing development. If you would like to support LISC LA or learn more about our work, please visit us online at www.lisc.org Los Hyphen Angeles and follow us on Twitter at LA underscore LISC. Production support was provided by Samantha Salmon and the Donas. You can find the rest of the series on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Subscribe to hear more conversations about the people and places that shape Los Angeles.